Well, welcome everyone to our 10th episode of Prodigious Kentuckians. We've been doing this for a while now. Uh, I'm your host, Trent Garrison, and this is Julie Martinez, who is coming on the call right, right now. And uh, we started this back in, I, I guess, early November is the, when I interviewed Dr. Stack as a part of a Kentucky Academy of Science annual meeting. And I had the idea at that time that, um, you know, it would be really good to have people from across the state come on and talk about just different things, you know, what they're doing. So at this point in time, we will have had, um, you know, doctors, nurses, actresses, musicians. We had 120 on. We've had uh, people talking about real estate. It's been really all over the place. And it's been, you know, it's, it's really been a pleasure talking to, to everybody and learning about what different people around the Commonwealth are doing. Um, I'll talk more about the show at the end as far as as far as where we're going with that. But uh, I've asked a number of folks to join us tonight, and I couldn't be happier that we've had we we have such a good group with us. Uh, we're you know it's it's really all over the place, and that's what makes things great, I think. So tonight's show is on careers. We have guests join us from all over the uh, vocational spectrum, I guess if you want to if you call it that from. Uh, from a nurse who will be on later, she's actually still working at the moment, to an actress, to a historian, to uh, an attorney and former United States Senate candidate, to an entomologist, truck driver, and if you include, include myself, geologist, and uh, Julia, communications expert, if you, if you wanna include us in that mix. Uh, so what I would like to do at first is, I'd just like to go around the room, if you will, and everybody just take a minute and introduce themselves. And just talk a little, just a little bit about what you do. There's so many of us, we don't have a lot of time. So let me just jump in and start with how it how it goes on my screen. And I'll start, I'll turn it over to Tammy. Hi, uh, my name is Tammy Johnson. I have, I'm the historian, I guess. Um, I have a website. Uh, it's called Project USS Strong DD467. It's World War II based, and it's to honor my great uncle that was killed in World War II when his ship was torpedoed by the Japanese mm -hmm. in the South Pacific. And this started out, um, I've done, been doing this for about 23 years, but the website started eight and a half years ago. And I can't believe what's happened with the website. It started out just me trying to find a few family members of, of men that were on the ship, learn a little bit more about the history, about them. And it's turned into, I have several hundred family members that are part of the group now. Um, I have followers in 48 states, Puerto Rico and Guam and 68 different countries. And uh, I've made friends with some amazing shipwreck hunters, uh, World War II authors. Uh, there's been a book written, there's been movie rights obtained and lost, but maybe obtained again. Um, just some amazing things have happened. There's a blog on the website. I tell stories uh, about people that I meet, their experiences, experiences I've had with the website. And it's just been a great deal of fun. And the, in February of 2019, the crew of the RV Petrol located the wreck of the ship, the USS Strong. And I've got a lot of stories I could tell, but I think I'll turn it over to the next person now. That, that's really interesting and very exciting. I can't wait to hear more about that. It has been, it has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Maggie Jo, let's <laughs> go with you next. You're next on my screen, so. Uh oh, I don't know how I can match your story, Tammy. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated with what you do. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm kind of just a boring old lawyer. No. Uh, <laughs> I started my career, uh, well, I grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and then, of course, uh, a beach lover in a landlocked state had to go to law school down in Florida. So I ended up uh, going to law school down there, did, a, did about 18 months as a prosecuting attorney and then turned over to the dark side and I've been defending people in criminal uh, cases ever since. Uh, but mostly these days um, I'm working for <laughs> capacity and have a pretty chill uh, lawyer experience on the day to day, but it's, I've had some, uh, some crazy uh, murder cases and you know, all kinds of interesting things. Uh, I think I was, oh, and here's the puppy. She wants to be Aww. on. So also no. a dog mom. <laughs> 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 uh, 
everything. So uh, yeah, um, as if I didn't have enough on my plate before, here we go. So I'm, I'm licensed in both Kentucky and Florida and uh, practice mostly in Kentucky now. So anyhow, I'll let you go to the next person. Seven is uh, wanting my attention. <laughs> All right. Well, great. It's it's good to have you here. I'm glad we were able Thanks to connect like this. Me. And Julie, since I didn't, uh, why don't you introduce yourself while you're at it? Your next Your mic is turned off. Didn't really get a chance to, to do that. Oh, sure. I'm so excited about um, listening to everybody's um, stories and hearing more about what you do. Um, in my day job, I'm a director of marketing and communications. And um, then I do fun stuff like this on the side as well. I'm excited to hear from you all tonight. All right, Leah. Well, I am from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and I am an actress, but I do a lot more on a film set than just acting. A lot of times I help with casting, production management, and production assisting. So I enjoy working on uh, film sets, and that's what I've done for the last oh, I guess five to six years now. And I have met so many interesting people from all over the state of Kentucky. I have my own network in which I try to recruit more people into being involved in film, whether it's a short film or an independent film or a feature film. So I do try to cast a lot of different people. I try to get them involved in acting classes and we have a lot of different acting classes around the state of Kentucky. That sounds very cool. And, and like I said, I'd like to hear more about that. So uh, next up is Blair. Hello, uh, my name is Blair Leano Helvey. I am uh, entomologist and I own Idlewild Butterfly Farm and Insectarium uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we're three businesses in one. It started in 2009 as uh, a biocontrol business. So I work with greenhouses and farmers and uh, landscapers and now homeowners with uh, getting folks to use beneficial organisms as a form of pest control instead of chemical uh, insecticides. And then we opened Idlewild Butterfly Farm in 2015. And so of course we raise butterflies. We're partnered with the Louisville Zoo. We do their exhibit. We also have a butterfly exhibit at uh, Wilson's in Frankfurt. And we are a USDA permitted insectarium. So we have uh, a containment facility at our location with a number of exotic insects that we use normally for educational purposes when it's not COVID. Um, but we can also sell those to other zoos and insectariums across the country. Very cool. You have a nice background display there. Oh, that's what happens when kids act bad. <laughs> we want to put a little skull in there. That's actually, can you see the roaches? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Well, wow. good to see you time. again. You're the second person to be on the show twice. So welcome back. Yay. I know, I know. John, you're next. Okay, uh, my name is John Strunk. Uh, currently, I'm a company driver for Phoenix Transportation out of Georgetown. Off and on, I've been doing this about uh, 21 years. I've seen the lower 48 and the eastern part of Canada. Um, I've seen a lot of weird crap out here, uh, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't believe, the stupid things people do in front of us at 80,000 pounds. Um, and for a couple of years, I was also a deputy sheriff in Boyle County. Um, then I got back into this because I hate to say it, but it's easy and it's simple. And I'm a happily married dog dad of 13 dogs on a 25 acre farm in southeastern Kentucky. So my life is pretty much boring. All right. Well, I have I have many questions. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm sure lots of people do as well. So. Um, for, for those who are willing to share, and we can just, you know, we can just go around and, and you know, everybody doesn't have to answer this because I don't know how much time it would take, but for those who have a good story, a good brief story of something related to your career, something interesting that has happened to you in your career, if you want, if anybody has something on the tip of their tongue, feel, I'm not going to call on anybody, but if anybody wants to like volunteer 
as far as a, a really interesting story that's happened to you at some point in time, feel free to, to do that at this point. And by the way, I was going to say one other thing before we jump into that. Our nurse is, hasn't gotten off work yet. She's an ICU nurse, so she'll be, she'll be jumping on probably about 7.30. So who would like to go first? You might have to call on somebody. Um, <clears throat> well, I can, I can, I, most of my stories take more than a minute and they're all on the blog on my website. But one of the neatest things that's happened to me with this project, I started the website in 2012. In 2013, I got an email from the editor-in-chief of Military History Magazine. His name is Stephen Harding, asking me to help share some research that I'd done with him for an article he planned for his magazine. That article turned into a book he wrote called The Castaways War, which is about Hubar Miller, Lieutenant Hubar Miller, who was one of the survivors of the strong wreck who ended up on Arundel Island for 39 days and, until he was rescued. And um, the book was released in 2016. So I, was I got to be a research partner on the book, which was really cool. Uh, he's also, and he's also a New York Times bestselling author. He, his book before that was The Last Battle, then The Castaways War, and he has another one out called Escape from Paris. And all three, The Last Battle and The Castaways War, have been optioned for major motion pictures, but all the options have so far fallen through. That's Hollywood. Um, but there's uh, a director in Europe that's sniffing around again. So I keep hoping that he will get the last battle, then maybe the castaways war will come. But being a part of that and helping him research that book and because I had the family members, I had the captain's daughter, I had the documents and the histories that got him started. And his first book, The, the Last Battle, took him 20, 21 years to write because of the research he did. He turned this one around in less than three years. So, uh, and it's a really, it turned out to be a really great book. So that's just one story. And uh, Steve and I are still friends. We email frequently and um, it, it's just a lot of fun keeping up with him. Plus as an actor, you're talking about actors. If any of you have uh, ever been fans of Pretty Little Liars that was on the CW, his son is Ian Harding who played Ezra Fitz on Pretty Little Liars. So it's pretty cool to, I, I've not never met Ian but I've met Steve and his wife a couple of times. So. That, that is really cool. How did you just, I'll just jump in real quickly. How yeah. did you, how did you get into this? Uh, when I was eight years old, I first learned about my uncle, my mom, my aunts, and my grandmother took me to Mount Sterling to McPhila Cemetery to our family is buried. And I saw the bronze plaque on the back of the family headstone and I asked my mother about it. And that memory stayed with me. I, it, it never left. I, you know, was wondered about him all my life. And then about, like I said, about 23 years ago, I finally did a Google search when Google was a brand new browser. Um, and that opened the doors because I'd always been told that everybody died when the ship went down and there wouldn't be anything to learn. Well, that was wrong. There were 280 plus survivors and some of them were still alive. So I connected with them, hooked up with the association. My husband and I have been to several reunions all over uh, the eastern part of the United States. I've met family members, like I said. I've met survivors and heard their stories. I've met men uh, on, on the phone or through email who were from other ships that were with the destroyer squadron the night the ship was sunk. Um, the Strong was historic because it was the longest torpedo death strike in World War II history at over 11 nautical miles. And it, it was just a really neat ship. Everybody loved the captain. Um, and, and then the shipwreck hunters that I've met have been amazing. And the crew of the RV Petrol, the ship is owned by Vulcan Inc. Vulcan Inc. is the company that Paul Allen started. Paul Allen is co-founder of Microsoft So with Bill Gates. So, uh, I was introduced to uh, one of the crew members, Paul Mayer, and Paul Mayer and became friends with my husband and I. We've been to their house a couple of times. They've been here, and then they were the ones that found the ship in February of 2019. So it's, it's been amazing. It, it's can I, can it's I something ask? really interesting going on. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exciting to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, yeah. We have a we we have a new person who just jumped on. When she gets set up, we'll we'll let her introduce herself. But Brooke, Brooklyn's getting on here right now. So for now, I'll jump over to Leah. If you have something you want to share with us, well, I can probably share a 
film that I did called Invasion of Kelly. I've done several films, probably over 150. Uh, again, I've done different areas of different styles of jobs on those films from background acting to actually having a lead role to actually, you know, working in casting or production. So um, Invasion of Kelly was quite interesting. I had a, a role in that as the, uh, the mother of a family. Invasion of Kelly is based on uh, sci-fi and aliens that invaded a little town here in Kentucky called Kelly. And it's right outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. I can tell you it was really interesting working on that film because 60 years to the anniversary of the aliens supposedly uh, landing in Kelly, uh, back in 1955, we were experiencing a solar eclipse that marked the X on the map uh, back in 2017. So it was very interesting because we had a lot of people coming into the town of Hopkinsville and uh, the, the little small town of Kelly where um, the aliens supposedly landed. And they were hoping all these people that were gathering around Hopkinsville and Kelly, they were hoping so much that within that two minute time that the solar eclipse was going to show that, um, the, the possibility of the aliens were going to land again. So that was pretty interesting. I actually uh, got to be on ABC uh, News with my scream because I was scared of the aliens and my scream kind of uh, shattered eardrums and definitely <laughs> went out on the ABC World News. Um, that was pretty intriguing. But I've uh, worked with a lot of neat actors and I would say probably one of the neatest actors I've gotten to be around is Mark Ruffalo. He's very down to earth and uh, his movie Dark Waters really thrilled me because I like truthful movies that um, are based on facts and I really uh, gathered a lot of information from that movie. Uh, really enjoyed working around a lot of those people uh, who knew so much history that went into the making of that movie. Uh, so I would say, you know, those two films really uh, impressed me a whole lot. I know I mentioned um, Hope Bridge uh, was my very first film that I ever worked on, and that was with Kevin and Sam Sorbo and Boo Boo Stewart. I was an actual stand-in. Uh, I wasn't acting in that film, but I was a stand-in. And, you know, that's where I became very intrigued with film, and that was about six years ago. Well, that's, that's very cool. Uh, I think, I, I'm just speaking for myself, I don't. I didn't know that there was a. I guess a. a some. I don't know. Thriving is the right word, but uh, that sort of thing going on in Kentucky. It I was, think maybe a lot of it, people. Don't it know. actually was. Um, it. It started. I think. Probably. Five years ago, six years ago, and it was starting to really increase and. Ohio was also at the time they were making quite a few films Cincinnati Ohio as well as Nashville Tennessee so between those three areas uh, and also Georgia uh, we were really we were really coming on strong with with the film and then COVID hit and of course it just kind of wiped everything out at this point in time so we hope that once we get COVID under control that everything will come back to life there are still student films that I try to even get other people involved in around with the universities uh, with Asbury and Western Kentucky University UK UofL uh, Northern Kentucky University, Moorhead, they all have uh, different film uh, departments and these students 
really need places of employment. So it was coming on strong in Kentucky. We were bringing in students from those different locations and placing them in those types of roles as grips and gaffers and, and people who could actually even use the camera. Um, we, we had a variety of different students doing a lot of different things on even major league sets. And I hope that it will get to that point where we are able to bring those students back because that is key, I believe, in, in working with, uh, with the film industry yeah. is working with those students and giving them an opportunity and a chance to, you know, work on those sets. And if they choose to later on go to Atlanta, Nashville, California, then they have that opportunity. But it was nice having that base here in Kentucky to where they were acclimated on the film sets and, and learning a lot. I, uh, I act quite a bit when I'm on Zoom meetings. Uh, I act like I enjoy myself. So does that qualify me to, be, uh, to apply for a film or anything? Yes, I absolutely think you should. I have a network that I'm sure you would just fit right in. It's, uh, that's another thing, you know, I've got 7,200 people where we were growing, growing, growing on a network called Kentucky Films. I don't know if I can bring that up and show that to you, but I'm going to try. Actually, I put this on there. Can you see that? Um, it's not really coming out very clear, is it? Mm. Oh, no, no. Let's see. It's not you, you can out. send it to us and we can post it maybe. Uh, yeah, I'll try to do that, but it's a, it's a link on, on Facebook and it's a group link. So if you join that group link, it's two words, Kentucky Films, two words, um, in all caps. And you spell out Kentucky and you spell out films and come and join that. Again, there's 7,200 people on there. And we tried to get them into acting classes and doing things uh, with people around the state of Kentucky uh, with university films right now that really gets you more acclimated to working on film sets than anything. And uh, who knows, you may decide that acting might not be your profile. You may want to go with casting or production or you know, production assisting, costumes, makeup, grip, gaffer, electrical. There are so many variety of jobs, accounting, you know, so there are so many different types of jobs on a film set. And I know in Cincinnati, they had it well orchestrated to where they had a huge department to where there, everybody was running different jobs and knew where to go. Um, yeah. Dealing with the CPAs and the accountants, um, the accountants and computer techs and editing. It was amazing. Well, that's fascinating. I, I think a lot of people, you know, don't really know that, you know, that sort of thing is going on around here. So oh. thanks, thanks for sharing and thanks for being here with that. Absolutely. I, I just want to kind of pause for a minute here and say for those who are watching on the different channels, I'm broadcasting on Prodigious Kentuckians on my page. I know some other people are as well. So if anybody has any questions, if you would go to the main page to the Prodigious Kentuckians page and post it in the comments, we will try to get to those if we have time. We have a, a really good crew here. So uh, if you have any questions, feel free to post them and we'll try to get to them. Let me uh, get to Brooklyn Wilson, my friend Brooklyn Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, who just popped on. She is an ICU nurse and she does lots of amazing things. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, my friend? Um, hi, my name is Brooklyn, as Trent just said. Um, I am a clinical nurse manager in the ICU. I've been a nurse about five years. Um, I really enjoyed it up until this past year. And since then, it's been not as enjoyable, but I guess it's a job, so. Yeah, how, how are things, I mean, we can get into this a little bit later, but how are things going right now as far as as COVID and everything, like how many, um, how many emergencies do you have on 
I mean, um, our hospital is rural. It's in Hazard. So it's not been like overwhelmed like UK or hospitals in New York have, thank goodness, because I guess where people don't travel here, it just didn't hit us as hard. Um, but it's just become more difficult because like a whole tower of our hospital now is a COVID tower. So, and then everywhere in the hospital, we have to wear an N95 and goggles at all times. So I think that's really just the biggest thing. Um, but here, it's not ever been super bad. We had a really bad spell probably about a month ago. Um, but now we're just kind of where we always have been. Yeah. So we peaked like in January. And now we still have COVID, but it's like manageable. Okay, well, that's, that's good to know. I don't know if, if uh, I, I'm allowed to ask you that question or not. The same thing I ask everybody else, if you have an interesting story to tell. I don't know if you're allowed to, <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to do that sort of thing or not, but. Um, I can, I just can't say their names. I feel like most of my interesting stories are not really appropriate <laughs> for face, like for Zoom though. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no sorry. <laughs> they're all like either someone almost died or they're really gross. Um, I got to see a, um, like a, a chest cut open at the bedside one time. That was pretty cool. Like, like their chest cut open and then the doctor like massaged their heart. I think I heard you tell that story one time and that was. Really yeah, cool. that was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And then everything else is mostly just gross, so massaged their heart and it it got it back yeah like so when you do cpr um it's the same thing but they just directly massage the heart okay yeah gotcha Inter wow interesting yeah, yeah well, it was very great anatomy very much so sounds like it yeah <laughs> thanks for sharing and thanks for being here thanks yeah um so john i imagine you have some stories you've been you've traveled the world and done all kinds of, you know, been all kinds of places and seen all kinds of things. Do you have any uh, quick stories to share with us? Um, only thing interesting that's happened to me in the past five years was when I was pulling Toyota freight for super service um, out of Georgetown. Um, they matched me up with a guy whose last name was York, and I got to you know, question this guy and I asked him, I said, are you related to Alvin York? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, well, Alvin York is my great, great grandfather. And I told this gentleman that, and then we got to running down family, family uh, that, you know, gone on whatever, and come to find out we were like fifth cousins or something. And it's a little awkward, just to put it mildly, and it really was kind of weird. But that's about the only thing that's happened worth noting in the past five, six years. Do, do you mind if, can, can we, I, I know you're kind of frozen up right now, but if you unfreeze, <laughs> well, maybe not. He, he, had, he dropped off. Well, well, we'll come back to that. I was going to ask him to show us if he could show us his big rig, but uh, maybe we can oh, come back and do stop. that. I'd love to, if you, if you're still, uh, if you still um, have video. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? I can hear you, but yes, there you go. Yes. Okay. Um, what were you asking about showing my truck? I was, if you're, if you're, if you can show it, like what it looks like, what it's like to live uh, and, and drive in a in a truck and a big rig. Give us an example um, of a daily yeah. type thing. Well, there's my excuse of a bed that I haven't made today because I've been. I was going to change my sheets. Um, it's not really all that complicated. Uh, this truck is actually a 10-speed automatic because I have to have one after the spider bite in my left foot because I can no longer drive a manual speed, even in a car. There's too much pressure on my left foot. And that's the one I lost in the week before Thanksgiving last year. Um, give me just a second. Now, it's going to be loud, so get ready. Okay. If you can see it, that's basically what it looks like. Very cool, man. That's a nice one. 
if you add in the 24 foot tractor, this from nose to tail, this combination is 72 and a half feet long. So it's a little hard to get in and out of places sometimes that they send us, especially like in Indianapolis and stuff where they've got all these um, industrial centers that are up companies that weren't made for a 53 foot trailer and a sleeper tractor. It's there's been a couple of times I've rubbed uh, I hate to say this, but little yellow poles and I don't get along because there's been a couple of times I've bumped into them yeah. because it's just so difficult to get into. Well, that's that's really cool. Thanks for sharing. Oh yeah, and uh, there's my and there's my little travel companion. I didn't know if y'all had seen her or not, but she's a lot of company out here. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I've been driving big rigs on uh, on Grand Theft Auto, so I feel basically like I'm an expert at this point. So I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, let's. Well, the only thing is, is I can't get the to jump. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm getting pretty good at it, but you know, don't I don't want to brag. Uh, All right. Let's move on to Maggie Joe. I'm sure I'm sure you have some interesting stories within your line of work, whether it's attorney, artist, or former U.S. Senate candidate. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't exactly time my my first run for office very well because the the pandemic happened immediately after. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I came in fifth, you know, hey, it's, it's like the horses, you know, it's, <laughs> you get what you get. Um, I, I dawned on me when uh, Leah was talking, uh, one of the weird stories. So um, I was a prosecutor from about 2006 to 2008. And then I started my own law firm right when the recession happened. So really great luck there too. And um, after a couple years, I got this phone call and this guy was like, oh, tell me about your business and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he's selling me marketing, right? Well, the continuation of these conversations leads to getting an agent in LA and the creation of a lifetime network funded reality pilot, which never went anywhere. <laughs> you can watch it. It's, it's me and my first five years of practice, <laughs> very much practicing law. Um, and then uh, with Brooklyn's story, I can kind of relate because uh, as a prosecutor, um, I uh, went to an autopsy and that was, um, it wasn't like on TV. <laughs> I guess it's the best way. And then I, uh, you know, I, I guess the other notable thing, uh, you know, the way that my career has gone from, you know, art and law, um, in 2014, I did about, gosh, about a hundred um, peacock paintings that ended up selling for a while, and I've been promising another series ever since. So I, I've, I've, I guess I've successfully woven my career from creative uh, and legal throughout. And then in 2015, I lived out in Los Angeles producing another failed network legal reality television show. And uh, I guess the moral of the story is that people would rather watch Honey Boo Boo than Maggie Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know I didn't know any of that. Oh God! About you, so that's uh, that's that's good to know. Now we all know. <laughs> you can you can. <laughs> the pilot it, it's on uh, I put it on YouTube just for friends but if you google lipstick justice and my name Maggie Joe, you can watch it it's you know me and four of my real friends um and co-workers down in Florida doing our thing and we had a, a tattoo case a marriage uh media uh, divorce mediation all in the same show and um you know, I hear from my friends who are probably very biased that it was good, but <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. If you don't <laughs> mind, put a link in okay. and, we'll, and we'll check it out. You know, something. It might really, be the most boring hour of your life. <laughs> I, I doubt it. There's not a lot going on in this household. Uh, so 
yeah, that was about uh, many years ago. I've been practicing now for 15 years. And so, I, um, yeah. It'll be perfect it's, by uh, now. I, I feel old at this point <laughs> and played out. <laughs> So uh, an interesting, very quick story, since since we're sharing things about movies and all that, about a couple of years ago, I was random, I was driving back from the vet and I was randomly, somebody called me randomly from um, LA and they said they had, they had found me on the internet, uh, somebody like in the, in the geology realm who uh, specialized in karst and sinkholes and they wanted me to be on a program and um, create this trailer basically uh asked if i was interested in something like that to investigate the world's sinkholes and different holes and you know things like that like the big hole in russia and all this stuff and i said wow that's really interesting i you know i'm i'm interested in that sort of thing i certainly think about it uh, i'd want to hear more about it. he said great uh in 30 minutes we're going to set up an interview and uh i'm, I'm going to have my director call you if you could have your home studio set up by then and I, well, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've never done anything like this. I don't know. But long story short, we did. We set up. We did exactly what he what he asked, and we we went through all these things, and you know, he asked all these questions, and and uh, the long the long story short of it is, it would have been really cool, but uh, but that person left, and I don't I don't know whatever happened to it. It's still like apparently pending out there, but <laughs> who, you know, who, who I'm from know. the home of things falling in the ground because I don't know if you've seen the video of all the the Corvettes going oh, yeah. into the ground. Good yeah. old Bowling Green. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to talk about that uh, on a, on a different thing I'm doing next week. I'm going to talk about the Corvette Museum. That that is really really. I was so heartbroken when that happened. Oh, so many people were. It's so sad. Those old cars just destroyed. Millions of dollars went in the hole. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the cool thing they did with that is they turned that into a Corvette slash Karst museum. So now uh -huh. it's like a, it's a sinkhole museum. We did our, uh, our Kentucky Academy of Science annual meeting there uh, about two years ago, and it was one of the best ones. It was, it was really cool. Y'all know that my son works for the transportation department and was down there at Western with studying in civil engineering when that all of that was going on. And he actually, they actually got to go to the Corvette Museum and, and take a, a drone and fly it down into that location. Super cool. Yeah, it's a really been wicked. If you haven't been there, please check it out for, for anyone here or anyone watching. It's a it's a really cool place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I've been teaching geology for 15 years now and, and sometimes geography, physical geography. And a lot of my students don't even know about Red River Gorge or don't or have never uh -huh. been to Mammoth Cave. Oh, wow. And that just I, I'm amazed by that because it's basically like the those are like two of the best places in the yeah. United States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know Brooklyn goes to the gorge a lot. We, we all go. I love the gorge. Me too. And, uh, that was our last trip. trip pre-pandemic do you remember that was the last yeah like the last thing we did before the world shut down was red river court of course yeah and then go to miguel's or you know or rock house brewing afterwards or something like that that's very cool by the way uh i don't want to derail this too much but there's a project going on a proposal to build like i don't know so many millions and millions of dollars worth of stuff in the gorge and somebody had suggested, yeah. I get suggestions all day, you know, all the time. Here, you know, this person should be on your show, this person should be on. And um, one of the people who, who were suggested to be on the show was somebody who could talk about the proposal in the gorge. And that's something that I hope to do in the future. I haven't set that up yet, but uh, I think that would be really, really cool to learn more about that. And just, just imagine if the gorge had been flooded back in the 19, whatever, 60s, 70s, whatever year oh, that was. Yeah. You know, they were planning on turning that entire area into a lake. So uh -huh. you know, imagine, imagine what it would have been like if, you know, think, you know, things had, had, had gone a little bit differently politically. But uh, anyway, we're running out of time. Here we go. go ahead. Oh, my ancestors are buried up there. All of my ancestors on my dad's side of the family are from that area. The Bowens, the Hanks, the Faulkners, uh, so many. I mean, they started where, where Nada is now. That was once Lombard, and that's where my uh, Hanks family settled. So, yeah, for them to have turned that into a lake would have been a travesty. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, it's such a cool, you can explore for, for you know, for a long time. Area is so cool. Blair, let's move to you. 
if you're not a, uh, not asleep yet. I'm not. I'm just looking it up. There's we've got some bugs on the loose, and I keep trying to move uh, where it's quiet because of the air conditioning. I, you know, there's lots of stories. If you're peddling bugs and dealing with bugs, probably some we shouldn't share. Um, you know, torturing people and such. Uh, but I, you know, with what we do, we have to be creative. Um, I'm ashamed it wasn't my idea. I borrowed it actually from the. Um, Los Angeles Museum of Science. Uh, so at Halloween time, we gather up orb weavers, uh, you know, the big spiders that you see, like your zipper spiders and your little barn weavers. They make the real pretty webs. And we also import them from Malaysia and those are about the size of dinner plates. And um, we take our greenhouse in the back and we, um, put all the spiders in there and let them make their webs. We also do it at the zoo uh, for one of their, um, for their Halloween event and then people can walk through it. Um, most of the times, I'm also say that we've never put a GoPro in there to film because I have seen some really good reactions from people walking in to a spider house because most people always think that they're plastic spiders and then they get in there <laughs> and they realize that they're alive. Um, <coughs> And I mean, we've had tears. We've had people just absolutely break down and boohoo. One uh, person I remember uh, was the first year we opened in 2015 and we had this spider house and, and this woman went out there and then she came back in and all of a sudden I thought she was having like a religious experience. You know, my mom's from Knox <laughs> County so I'm very familiar with seeing people, you know, get the spirit. Yeah. And that's what I thought was happening. I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is really, you know, we have this place decorated Halloween, like Buffalo Bill's basement. And so we're watching her hoop and haw. She had run into a fake spider web when she came in and just, she knocked a whole display down. Um, but, I, you know, videos, you just have to see it. I mean, you've got these big giant spiders, people don't see them. And then they run, the, they don't see it until their face is right with the spider on their face. Um, and we kind of wanted to up the ante a little bit, put snakes in there too, but. I can, I can imagine how that would be mistaken for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can just imagine that. I don't even have to see the video. So. I mean, it's just, like people, I mean, the grown men break down and cry. Um, it's just a sight to behold. Um, <laughs> cry out of fear or because they enjoyed it so much? Mostly out of fear. I mean, we've had people, I, there was one year that we had, I guess it was 2016, and I had quite a few police officers come here because they didn't know what we are. And I got seven to go outside, and I, I got three to actually go in, and only two made it. Um, and surprisingly, women and children uh, are always do the best in the spider exhibits, always. I, I don't I don't mind spiders at all I, if I find spiders around my house we we adopt them and you know call them one of our own I mean they're not they're not gonna bother but yes well when you have one that's about 12 inches with its legs you know I mean but that's it you know people don't know that there are orb weavers that you know have a span of 12 inches uh so it's great to you know let people know what's out there in the world yeah absolutely where well, are you we're in Louisville Louisville. Oh, wow. Oh, so close. <laughs> when we started this, I, you know, I, I mentioned four questions and I said, there's no way we'll get through them. I don't know if you all believe me or not, but we made it through two. <laughs> That's usually about how far we get. Um, we're, you know, we're running a little low on time, but uh, Julie, if you have anything, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you now. If, if you want to have anything to add or questions or comments. Yeah. Well, I, this has been so interesting. I'm enjoying hearing from all of you. And um, it was reminding me that I'm so thankful that there are people who like different things because um, if there weren't um, and everybody was me, there'd be no nurses. Um, <laughs> and there'd also not be any spider exhibits <laughs> if I were in charge of all the things. Um, but, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, and we can do this really quick, I'd love to just kind of do a, a popcorn answer here and, and, and run through everybody really fast. Um, you know, I'm always interested in what people think they're going to be when they're kids, like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be such and such, and then what you actually end up doing. Um, and, and for me, that was actually, interestingly enough, I wanted to be a truck driver when I was a little kid. Um, I wanted to be John. <laughs> I, did too. I didn't do that. 
Um, but I'm curious to hear from you all, you know, when you were in high school or maybe even a little younger than that, what did you think you were going to be? Um, and uh, did it end up being the thing that, that you are? Um, and we can just kind of run around real quickly and, and jump in with you all. Um, Tammy, maybe you could start. I thought I was going to be a doctor but I don't have the math skills. I ended up with a degree in anthropology and I uh, got the mad research skills. So I'm happy with go. that. <laughs> what about you, Maggie Jo? I'm pretty boring. I was not a math person, <laughs> but I, um, it was funny. I, I went through some of my old things and sure enough in my high school, they, they gave out this like journal that had all these like questions and I wrote my answers in there, of course, cause I just, I don't know, I was always that way. And of course I wrote in there, I'm gonna own my own law firm and I'm gonna run for United States Senate. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm boring like that. No, no curveballs there. <laughs> That's awesome, I love it. Leah, what about you? I actually really wanted to be an actress when I was younger, but I did not uh, go that route. I was in Germany abroad visiting my sister and brother-in-law, and my father decided that he did not want me staying over there for a long period of time. I was there for approximately three months, so I came home to go to uh, school at UK and I received my degree in executive secretarial applied science, believe it or not, uh, part of uh, the University of Kentucky uh, held a subsidiary, I guess you would say, of Lexington Technical Institute at the time, which has turned over many, many times with the community college and then BCTC. So I went into the field of doing secretarial work and worked for Ashland Oil. And mm -hmm. uh, I've used that also uh, in other areas. And believe it or not, I guess in a way, the production management and the production assisting, uh, it has helped in those cases I'm working on the film sets because again I've worked probably 150 films and every time it it may be a different style of role that I'm doing so if it's production management or assisting then of course the administrative duties falls yeah. right into hand and I'm able to uh, go ahead and help in those aspects. It's it's really interesting how you know, what you, the background ends up kind of informing, even if you change careers, yeah. you know, there's still kind of a, like Tammy was saying, you know, learning those research skills um, have, have, has helped out. Um, Blair, what about you? Uh, I wanted to be She-Ra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. I still do. Um, I, I've actually had several former lives. Um, I always loved bugs always and uh, I actually started in music performance. I was a classical violinist and played pipe organ and when I got in my first year in school when we had um, graduate students from Eastman and Juilliard I thought well there aren't any there are any jobs in music so I picked something else there weren't any jobs in and that's entomology um, <laughs> and you know and I was a terrible student I could have graduated with a master's with my bachelor's and I just wouldn't do the thesis. Um, I served tables for a long time and I worked in the daytime in oral and maxillofacial, oral and maxillofacial surgery. And I wanted to go to dental school. And I applied to dental school and I didn't get in. And then I got a job at the dental school and I hated it. So I went back to serving tables and then I got knocked up and <laughs> I had to get a job. So I made one. <laughs> and here I am. Still wanting to be Shira. And, and you accidentally created one of the most influential grassroots organizations in Kentucky, but that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. So that's why I don't need, you know, uh, what is it? Idle hands or the devil's workshop. That's right. You know, winter is a very slow time for me. For anyone who's interested in knowing about that, watch episode two. We talk a lot about that. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> I like that. Um, Brooklyn, what about you? Did you have uh, always want to be a nurse or did you have a original idea? No. Um, when I was younger, well, when I was really little, I wanted to be a country music singer, but that didn't work out because Trent's heard me sing and it's not that great. Um, and then in high school, I wanted to be a social worker. Um, but then I realized that that would involve working with a lot of children and I really don't like children. So that's why I work in an adult ICU and I don't deal with children and it's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really exciting to see, you know, the different things that, that different ones of us do. Um, I have one more question, but I think we might be out of time. Trent, do you think, should we wrap up or do we have time for one more? I'm, I'm good as long as everybody else is. I just want to be respectful for everybody's time, but I'm, Okay. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> well, I just wanted to, to throw out to you all, and, and those of you who want to answer it can, um, you know, I, so I work at a university, and, you know, we're often thinking about what, what students are doing, and, you know, how they can select what they want to study. You all were talking about different things you studied. Um, what would be if you had to give, like, one um, sentence of advice to somebody who's thinking about how to choose a career? Um, what would you tell them? How would you um, encourage them to figure out what they want to do with their lives? Anybody want to just jump in on that one? That's an excellent question. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Through that. I love that. <laughs> No, you know, I would encourage parents also to tap into what their kids are really, really good at. I mean, look at what they're doing early on. I know with, uh, with us, we were always watching our, our youngest son and I mean, our oldest son and he always loved Legos. So he was always building, building, building. And, and so we always encourage him to go into an area of architecture or, or civil engineering and, and decide, well, the youngest was always very, he, he had a, a delay in speech, but we were getting him so much help with uh, communication skills, um, speech therapy and occupational therapy that he became very vocal and very communicative. And now he's studying broadcasting at Western Kentucky University, WKU. So I would say, always look at the child and see what yeah. you feel they might want to tap into, yeah. what they're good at, and then encourage them to move toward that area because you never know, really you might be encouraging them to, to go into that choice that, that you feel demonstrates their qualities and, and shows what they can do. Mm -hmm. And I, if you're I, older, I, don't let anybody tell you, you can't go back to college. I was a non-traditional student. And it was the best thing I ever did. That's awesome. Yeah. I was a non-traditional student as well. I didn't go to nursing school <laughs> until I was 23. Um, so I was 39. <laughs> plus, like there are tons of nurses who go back to become nurse practitioners, you know, in their forties, thirties, whatever. So I think a lot of colleges are kind of realizing that because uh, some of them are not very, I don't want to say they're not friendly towards non-traditional students, but it's like it's frowned upon or something. If you have to work and go to school, yeah. And I think that's ridiculous because, you know, some of us have to pay for school. We're the best students. We know yeah, we we're, we're, we're not going to fill out because we can't. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's I agree good. with that. I know what you mean. Some some schools kind of do frown. They, they don't, I don't know that they would necessarily frown on, on non-traditional students, but they make it more difficult for working people. Certainly. I've, I've experienced that in my in my time of. Being a, yeah, not frowned upon. Like when, I, which nursing school is a completely different thing. Like they want it to be your full time job. Um, so I guess I should have said nursing school specifically. Like they'll tell you you need to quit your job and all this stuff, and they obviously don't because a lot of us don't, and we're fine. <laughs> Piggyback off of Leah again, <laughs> your son's in broadcasting at Western. I studied print journalism. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then this was 
a little pre-internet. I don't want to age myself too much. They were just getting into coding and doing HTML whenever I was there. And I, I tell people all the time, if you don't know what you want to do, major in journalism because it'll give you a taste for everything because you could go interview people in different aspects of, of whatever you're wanting to do, whether it's investigative journalism or you want to go talk to a geologist, you got a good excuse to talk to them. And then I also tell people to double major in graphic design, which is what I did because um, I actually was doing logo and business card design for folks whenever I was in law school. Because speaking uh, of, on Brooklyn's issue, uh, they want you to be a full-time student when you're in law school and they prohibit you from doing so much work outside of school. And the graphic design was a great way to put a little extra food on the table while I was in school because I could, I actually already had a whole skill that I could use. And uh, now you see people that are self-taught game builders and all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I just think like today it's so much easier uh, than when I was there. And, you know, we had to have those bigger computers and more uh, software installation. Now it's all in the cloud and there's a YouTube video for everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Maggie Jo. <clears throat> I got my first email account my senior year of high school, uh, no college, not high school. But the only per other person I knew who had an email account was my roommate. And so I didn't have anybody email. <laughs> oh, no. I had a really savvy aunt teach us, you know, just type www dot and then whatever you want. But this was when I was like 12 or 13 and my dad, um, he would get up in the morning and I was kind of a rotten kid with my, my cousins and he'd get up in the morning and be like, wake up, everybody, everybody wake up. We got kicked off AOL again. Who was chatting last night? Um, <laughs> I had an AOL email address for years and I won't even tell still you. Still do. Oh, wow. Since 1995. Get it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, somebody sent me an email the other day from AOL and I was like, I didn't even know that was still existing. <laughs> this spam. I, know it's still a thing. <laughs> I have two others, but that's my main one. That's funny. Hey, um, did you have a chance to give us your, um, your piece of advice? You could wrap it up for us. I think you should serve tables. Um, and I say that because in a way it's like, it is like working for yourself. You get a lot of experience with lots of different situations. Um, there's no shame nope. in the service industry. Uh, it's suffering right now, but you know, when I was serving tables, I bought my first house serving tables and I just kind of get, but you know, once I got pregnant, my husband was back in school. It just wasn't a very forgiving, um, schedule for us. And I have always been someone that has liked my time more than money. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think you should chase money. Um, it, 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 I don't. And I have made a career. Um, I don't want to say that I'm wealthy, but my, again, my time, I mean, I do put a lot of time in this, but it's my time. Mm. And um. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd be in Mexico right now taking people looking at the butterflies. Um, that's just, you know, so we're always adding to this. So it's the freedom to do what I want and um, to create things. But I think, but, you know, when I was serving tables, it's like, well, what the hell do I want to do with my life? Who cares right now? You know, we can make enough money and go take a trip and um, figure it out later. And then there's nothing like a baby to make you figure things out very quickly, but you <laughs> know, but right. I always want to give a, a shout out to the service industry because it is a real struggle. It has been a very hard struggle for almost a year now. Yeah. Um, bartenders and servers, restaurants, mm -hmm. restaurant owners. So absolutely. We try to, order. but you do get some good life experience there. Huh? Yeah. We, we try to order, say? um, you know, twice a week or something like that from local restaurants and local breweries and whatnot. There's a bill that was passed last session that now allows you can just order beer from or wine from whatever winery or brewery you want. Honey, I think people were doing that just back in March. 
yeah. <laughs> at least they were here. They're like, you want to drink yeah, you, any food? Sure. You can have you it know? delivered, but now you can have it delivered as of December 14th. I talked with the ABC commissioner the other day. You can have it actually delivered. You can have it delivered from, as long as they're set up to do it, you can have it delivered straight from the d distillery or brewery or whatever. So that's pretty cool. How many Brock counties do we still have in this state, though? Too many. <laughs> Too many. I mean, that, that's, that doesn't really seem very American or fair. Mine, Trans Home County, Leslie County. Yeah, yeah still. still <laughs> that seems very un-American to me that you, yeah. you're not allowed to do something you want to do. I mean, you know, th there's a lot of irony there. But anyway, um, so uh, we, we've had a few comments. We'll, we'll go ahead and end up. Mike said that he's been here from the beginning and he appreciates the show. So we very much appreciate <laughs> you from being here. We miss... We miss being able to go out and, and do things in public. So um, this is this is what we do until then. Um, John said he wanted to give a shout out to the truck drivers out there. He really appreciates what they do. And of course, the nurses as well and everybody else. Um, and Don, my friend Donald Brian asked if Leah could recommend a course or a resource for screenplay writing. Yes, I just uh, responded to that. Um, if you join Kentucky Films, there's a lot of resources on there. Basically, if you go to the top and you go to the search menu and you uh, type in screenwriting, I'm sure there's going to be certain things that pop up probably some companies that you might be able to actually go in there and uh, join the link and get a few uh, recommendations through. Uh, I know I've told people before who are looking for makeup artists or costumers, go in, do a search. It's just like a database. When you type in that certain word at the very top of the menu on the group link, then you're going to get a, a ton of information that's going to pop up. People that are recommending people, people that are recommending companies. So I would definitely go on, join the group link, Kentucky Films. And I also put the link up a few minutes ago. I put that link on there. I think I might have it again and I can go in there and place it on this post. Well, thank you very much for, for doing that. We're, uh, we're running a little late on time here. So I wanted to thank everybody for, for coming and being here. Does anybody have any last minute words of wisdom before we abscond for the evening? Um, everyone get your COVID vaccine when it's available to you. That's a very good one. I'm signed up. I'm in 1C. I don't know when that's going to be. It's apparently going to be in February. I'm in 1C. I'm in one are you got, are you still a teacher? Teachers are able to get theirs soon. I'm pretty sure. Um, I but I got my, my first one didn't bother me at all. It was just like the flu shot. My second one they say is worse because you have some antibodies from the first one. So I felt really bad for like a day and had like a mild fever. Um, but it's not bad. Get it. It's not a tracking device. <laughs> That's right. I'm getting well, mine tomorrow, actually. So I'm getting my first shot in the morning. Oh, awesome. good. good. That's I'm a little yeah. nervous, and I, I really wanted to ask you about that. So you didn't feel any of the side effects until the second shot. Is that correct? The first one was, like, similar to the flu vaccine. My arm was really sore. I might have felt, like, a little bad. Um, if you've already had COVID, a lot of people are having worse reactions to the first shot. Oh, boy. Um, but if you haven't had it, have you had it? I don't know. Um, I really well, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's been a while too, you should be fine. Like people who've had COVID within the last three months were having bad reactions. But I mean, I wouldn't rate the first or the second shot. Neither of them were unbearable or bad at all. They're, it's not bad. Yeah. The last time I was really, really sick was in February of last year, actually. So oh. it, I don't know if I had it then. Me too. <laughs> but it, in February of last year, I was very, very, very sick. So I'm, I'm curious as to how this vaccine is going to work tomorrow. That was a year ago. So I would think you, you should be okay. You know. The good news about staying home all the time is I haven't been sick. I haven't had a cold. I haven't, you know, I had anything since... Uh, yeah. No one has the ago. flu. 
Like in the hospital, yeah. this is our yeah. usually our flu season. We have I've not had a flu patient all year, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. There's some advantages, I guess. And yeah. another advantage we were asked to talk about this last night in a class I'm taking. But we were talking about advantages. And another advantage is it forced a lot of people who did not want to do online stuff to have to, to learn to do things online. So, you know, you can do online doctor visits, you can do online classes, even trials. for people who, you know, di didn't want to do that sort of thing before. Judges now, are doing trials on Zoom now. And I was yeah. begging for that years ago because I got an infectious disease going to visit a client in a jail one time. No, yeah. And so I was saying years ago, we have these technological capabilities and, and the environment's getting better too, because not as many people are having to drive unnecessarily anymore. And I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. This has been, this has been one of my favorite shows. I mean, I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. This has been really fun and really edifying uh, learning about, uh, I think John dropped off. He had a bad connection. I was, I was hoping to ask him one last question. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to take a ride in his truck sometime or something just to, just to see what it's like. But, I, you know, thanks, everybody, so much for taking Thank the time you. out of your, out of your Wednesday you night. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. I, and I shared I it. I know. So hopefully you'll so get a lot cool. of viewers. <laughs> I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. We usually get about, uh, I did an average the other day, about one point, about a thousand, a little over a thousand. So uh, it, it's, it, it makes its way around somehow. <laughs> and then it goes on the podcast. So it's it's out there. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Uh, we, we really appreciate this. And I just wanted to just give a note to the people who are watching that uh, oh, don't have, what's that? Or a cat. Yeah, yeah. We had all the dogs. Now we've got a cat. Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I did, Her I, name's I, Katniss. I, I, She's <laughs> unemployed, but she just wanted to make an appearance. All right, all right. I couldn't see that. My bad. It's good to see Katniss. The, all of our cats are asleep right now, or otherwise I'd pull them on. But yeah, Katniss is a little <laughs> sassy at times. Isn't <laughs> well, thanks everybody for being on. Uh, next week, we don't have a show lined up. Just for a, a, a very momentary soapbox here, Facebook does not like when you advertise your shows. So I have been banned three times now uh, for advertising this show on not not completely banned, but uh, like a partial ban. So it's it's really tough, and I get banned for 14 days every time I invite people to this show. For and and I haven't been able. I've been on, you know, on on support, and we haven't been able to figure out why what's going on. So it's really tough. So. They um, want you to buy ads. I have I've bought a few ads just to <laughs> you know try to make up for it or what if I did something wrong. But anyway, we're not going to have a show next week, and we'll we'll try to come back after that and have a really good one. We've been on for 10 episodes now, and we've done things from really all over the place. It's been really fun, really cool, and a, a learning experience for me. So uh, I, thanks again, and I guess we'll see you guys next time. Follow the page. Invite. Tell your friends to like prodigious Kentuckians with Trent and Julie, and we'll be here. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you guys. The live stream is off. <laughs>